Welcome to the Ignite Physio Podcast. This is episode number three, and I'm Andrew Kopian, your host. This podcast focuses on helping Canadian physiotherapists in their clinical practice and careers. If you haven't heard of Ignite Physio before, it's a free, community-driven website for physiotherapists where you can ask and answer practice questions, find useful articles, and access a data bank of reviewed clinical resources. So on today's episode, we're jumping into some recent uh, research relating to a concussion screening tool for children. Enjoy. So I want to thank you for joining me on the show today. I know as clinicians, uh, it can sometimes be a bit of a challenge staying on top of the latest research, especially when we're busy with uh, clinical practice. And um, there's definitely a lot of great research that's happening in Canada and abroad. And our goal really with Ignite is also to just help uh, our listeners stay up to date with some of the research and just make it a little bit easier. And today uh, joining me is uh, Russ uh, Gothard, and he's a PT student at the U of A. And Russ and I are going to be doing some podcasts uh, over the next little while on some relevant uh, new research that's coming out of uh, physio and coming out in physiotherapy. So, Russ, welcome to the show. Thanks, Andrew. Good to be here. Yeah. So, just to give a quick, uh, you know, background on Russ, uh, and obviously he can add to this, but uh, um, you know, he's a, P- a PT student going into second year uh, at the University of Alberta's uh, physio program. He's got a background in psychology, and he spent a few years researching the impact of exercise on growing new brain cells. And uh, he said he's looking forward to getting into the real world and plans to get involved with uh, PT in a global health context uh, once he's paid off his student loans, which he wrote down will probably be around 2035. So that's a bit of a that's a bit of a wait, isn't it, Russ? That's a little while away. Yeah. Good <laughs> So today we're going to be actually uh, covering the topic of concussions and uh, we're talking about a recent study that came out of uh, Ontario around concussions in the Emerge Department and the study was titled Clinical Risk Score for Persistent Post-Concussion Symptoms Among Children with Acute Concussion in the Emergency Department and that was published in JAMA this year. I actually first came across the study while watching a news segment by Global News and we'll definitely make sure to include the uh, video in our show notes. Uh, So yeah, so if we start with a little bit of the background, uh, Russ, um, you know, share a little bit of, in terms of you know why the importance on concussion research. Yeah, so about every year in Canada, there's about 144,000 concussions that are reported. Uh, the actual number of concussions is probably a lot higher than that as well, as obviously not every concussion is seen by a healthcare practitioner, and therefore it's not recorded. Uh, most of these concussions are in kids and youth, and most of the time, about two thirds of the time, they resolve with no long-term consequences to the patient. But in about one third of these young people who've had concussions, they go on to develop Persistent Post-Concussion Syndrome, or PPCS. Uh, Now, PPCS is defined by a cluster of symptoms that span cognitive, behavioral, physical, attentional, and other areas, and they can lead to missed time at school, missed activities, depression, just generally a lower quality of life for the youth. So it's clearly really important to know which kids are at risk to develop PPCS after concussion. Yeah, that makes sense. That uh, that definitely is, uh, you know, an important area, and I think, yeah, the the sooner they can catch that, then obviously the better uh, level of care that can be provided for kids. Um, Russell, so what would you say would be the, uh, what was the goal of the research study? Uh, so at the moment, doctors who are seeing concussion patients, they're not much better than a coin toss at predicting whether or not that patient's going to get PPCS. Kind of flip a coin, heads you go home, tails you develop long-term cognitive impairments. A uh, study we're talking about today by Dr. Roger Zemek and his friends in Ottawa, they're trying to come up with a quick and easy way for doctors and other first-line healthcare providers to predict which concussions have the potential to turn into long-term problems, or simply to predict which concussions are going to lead to PPCS. This is obviously pretty important because, uh, like as you alluded to, if you if you have a bunch of kids walk into the ER with concussions, mm-hmm. if you can reliably predict which ones are likely to develop PPCS, you can keep those ones overnight for monitoring and intervention, and you can send the other ones home. 
Yeah. And then uh, by intervening in the in the in the really worrying cases, you can reduce future costs and complications and health problems in their cases. And by not unnecessarily keeping the easy concussion cases, you can save money and time in the ER. Well, and I think probably also uh, just an important education tool, even for you know parents and and family members, you know, if their kids you know have developed a concussion. Absolutely, kind of a few a few things to keep an eye out for mm-hmm. if your kid suffers a blow to the head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, what did the researchers actually uh, do in the study? So, they developed a tool. It's just a, a measurement scale. It takes a few simple measurements and tries to use them to predict the likelihood of developing PPCS. So, they have nine categories in the scale, and each category they assign a score. So, for example, if you're an older youth between the ages of thirteen to eighteen, you get more points for that because they're more likely to end up with PPCS following a concussion than a younger child. Mm-hmm. Then you add up the scores, and uh, based on different cutoffs, uh, patients are stratified into low, medium, or high risk for developing PPCS categories. And uh, in the study, less than 12% of the patients in the low-risk category went on to develop PPCS, while almost 60% of the kids in the high-risk category did. So the stratifications are clearly working pretty well. Yeah, that's, that's much better than the coin toss. So far, yep. Yeah. So what other factors do they include in the tool? Well, some of the things were demographics like age and sex and whether they have a history of concussions or migraines. And others are uh, kind of basic measurements you can do right there on the spot on the day of the injury. So whether or not the kid's really sensitive to noise, if they're excessively fatigued, if they're answering questions really slowly, they're suffering from a really bad headache at the time, an abnormal tandem stance are all considered to be higher risk factors for developing PPCS. So I know that the, the news segment made, uh, you know, some pretty, uh, you know, strong remarks and, and, and basically some really glowing reviews of the, the power of this tool. And, and do you think it's as good as Global says it is? <laughs> uh, it's a really good tool, but I don't, I think they might have blown it slightly out of proportion. Um, it's definitely neat, but it's not perfect. Uh, Global said it was about 93% accurate and they're not lying, but it's only kind of 93% accurate for predicting whether or not low risk kids are going to develop PPCS. Mm. So overall, it's able to predict about 68% of cases, uh, while doctors alone are only able to predict about 55%. So it's definitely an improvement, but it's not exactly the the silver bullet that Global kind of reported it was. Yeah, yeah that, that is a little bit of a difference. So, uh, so Russ, what were some of the uh, strengths of the uh, study? Uh, there were some really good things about the study. So there was about 3,000 kids took part in it overall, and they did some really thorough statistics. So we can say the results are probably pretty reliable. In addition to that, the ones the kids afterwards they diagnosed as having PPCS, they were di- uh, that was based on the gold standard tools that we know that work. So the validity of this scale is probably pretty high as well. Okay. Any key uh, weaknesses that you uncovered? Uh, there were a few. Yeah, they definitely talked about a few in the in the study itself as well. Okay. Um, the sampling wasn't perfect, so they picked up kids from the ER department. So they were likely dealing with more severe concussions than just your average concussion. Mm-hmm. Um, also the predicting variables, they came up with 46 variables to start with that they thought might predict PPCS, uh, and then they kind of narrowed them down to, to choose the, the ones that were best at doing so. Mm. But the 46 original ones, they were selected a priori by a team of researchers just sitting around a table and kind of spitballing to decide which ones were going to maybe mm. predict PPCS. Okay. So it's entirely possible they missed a really good predicting variable, or on the other hand, it's entirely possible they deliberately selected or defined the variables in a way that was skewed towards giving the results they wanted. I think the biggest problem, though, is uh, it's a pretty common problem, is the follow-up. Yeah. So in this study, they only followed the patients to 28 days post-injury. But in the article, they also defined PPCS as, as having symptoms persisting beyond 28 days. So I'm not really sure... It's kind of questionable whether or not they were even capturing what they were trying to capture there. Mm-hmm. 
um, still useful. I mean, PPCS is kind of defined in different ways depending on who you talk to. Mm-hmm. It still seems kind of interesting they would define it as one thing and then measure it as a second thing. Yeah, well, that's a good point. So that's great, Russ. Thanks for uh, sharing a little bit of the, uh, the some of the strengths and, and weaknesses of the study. And, I, and obviously, I know the listeners are going to be interested in knowing, you know, what's the application for me as a physiotherapist? What can I take out of this? You know, how can I apply this to practice? And any thoughts that uh, you want to share on that front? Uh, yeah, for sure. So as physios, depending on what kind of area we're working in, we might find ourselves in situations where we're working with populations who are suspected to have just suffered from a concussion. Uh, for example, if you're an athletic physio, you might see an athlete that gets uh, suffers a blow to the head and, and you might suspect they have a concussion. So the scale could be useful kind of to, to help filter out the really severe cases and uh, alert you to some red flags, mm-hmm. uh, things you should really keep an eye out for. So if your athlete takes a blow to the head and they're answering very slowly, if they have a severe headache, if their balance is impaired, all these kinds of things. If, uh, if they're showing any of these kind of symptoms, it can really help you tweak to the fact that they really need to get to the emergency department much faster than normal. Yeah, and it might also, you know, alert you to say we have to do a little more thorough evaluation if you're uh, trained in, you know, concussion management. Absolutely, yeah. So definitely, uh, it could be a very useful screening or a filter tool. I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll make sure to uh, include in our show notes some of these key points that we talked about in the uh, session today, as well as those factors that were identified in the study. So thanks for uh, saying uh, for listening to us here today and for being a part of this uh, session. And thank you, Russ, for for sharing your thoughts in the study. Thanks, Andrew. So I hope you enjoyed that breakdown of that concussion study. Uh, to find the show notes for this episode, just head over to the Ignite Physio website, ignitephysio.ca forward slash blog to find the podcast. And you can also uh, search uh, using our left-hand filter feed to uh, find the podcast shows. We'll make sure to put some of those links in, as we mentioned, and hope that uh, was uh, of help to you. So, And also, if you haven't uh, yet subscribed to uh, our show on iTunes, please do so. And uh, I'd love for you to leave a review so that other physiotherapists can find the show as well. If you have any questions, topic ideas, or would be interested in being a part of the show, let me know by just dropping me a line at hello at ignitephysio.ca. Take care.